Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. It's been a while. We had the Yom Tovim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Many of us had the opportunity to receive an email from Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt, where he shares book recommendations and articles and Sfarim. So if you're not on that list, I highly recommend you sign up at eliezerbrutt at gmail.com to get added to that list. I want to thank you personally for providing a lot of interesting reading material. So thank you for that. We are in the middle of a war. Rabbi Brutt is in Ramat Chemesh. He's in his Ma'amar, where he says his shiurim from, and we hope and pray that everything stays calm and things should calm down. And our learning should be a schos for the soldiers that are fighting, bring back the captives and all the Jews in Eretz Yisrael should be safe and sound. And we hope and pray that this comes very, very quickly. This year, as we approach the end of Kedushin, is about a very interesting topic. Friday weddings, something we used to do very much. Rabbi Bruskin discussed the historical overview of when they did this, how they did this, and specifically a controversy with the Ramah in Krakow. And we appreciate and thank our donor who has dedicated this year as a schusser for Shalema for our Victor Binyamin Ben Frumit Peril and the Shir and the learning should be a schus for his quick Rafua Shalema. With that, Rabbi Brat, how are you today? Baruch Hashem. Okay, so take us right in. First of all, tell us how are you doing in Eretz Yisrael? How are you dealing with what's going on? And then you could begin this year. Baruch Hashem, so far so good. Um, today we did have a siren, so we had to run into the Mamad a few, about an hour ago. But um, Baruch Hashem, everyone's doing okay. Um, the kids don't have, not all the kids have school, so I guess the parents, I don't know, maybe the parents, the kids, whoever, don't have, and it's not all the same, but whatever. Okay. I want to discuss about Friday weddings, um, historical overview about it, and we're going to get to a controversy that took place in Krakow with the Ramah. So now, one of the many halachic questions that come up, the halachic issues, so to speak, that come up with chasanas is when you have the chasana, which day of the month, um, some people don't have it after the later part of the month, which is a topic which we will, Amir Tzashem, devote an episode to soon. Sometimes in Lamashal, during Sphira, during the three weeks, people don't get married. Now, what about on Friday? Could one get married if they wanted to? Did you never get married on Friday? And that's what we're going to discuss today. It's not an attempt, as I always point out, to discuss every aspect with it, but just to discuss some of the more interesting aspects possibly with this discussion, with this topic. Okay, basically like this. There's a Mishnah in the beginning of Ksuvis, which talks about the preferred day to get married. It talks about it being on Wednesday. Um, it's early Takan of Chazal, as Rashi says. And in the first few blood in Ksuvis, it deals with it um, on and off, and as it goes into other topics. And we find Lamashal in the early Gaonic work, Sefer Chalukim Bein Anshe Mizrachu Bnei Eretz Yisrael, which we discussed uh, exactly a year ago in an episode, um, what this origins of this work is. But basically in Bavel, it seems the minute was they got married on Thursday, Yom Chamishi, while in Eretz Yisrael they got married on Yom Ravi. Now, I'm not going into all the aspects of the times of the Mishnah, Bavli, Yushalmi, Tesefta, all this. One could see Lamashal Shal Lieberman in his parish on Tesefta Kapshuta, Yitzhak Shilat in his book, they deal with it and all the different um, girsais and the, just what the Gemara says, what the summing up from the Gemara. I'm jumping right past that. Starting with the Rambam. The Rambam writes, it's also to get married on Friday. 
Ein noisim noshim loy mer Shabbos loy beechab Shabbos. Why? Gzeir shama yaveli dey chil Shabbos betikna suda, preparing the suda that the chasen is going to be is tarred in the suda, and then he, and then the Rambam says um, another sentence. Ve'ein sarch loy mish aser lisa b'Shabbos. Certainly on Shabbos it's aser. Okay, Magen Mishnah over there brings down. Um, he says, "Achshavim kaimaseinu nagu lisa isha b'shishi ve'lo yadati amas samchu b'zeh." We are in the world that they getting this from that they are that they that they are getting married on Friday. Then he says, um, then he brings down the Ramban also is myrich about this, and the Ramban also says not to get married on Friday. And he says, and the Magen Mishnah refers to that it seems that the Rimagash, the father, the Rebbe of the Rambam, again not directly but through his father. Also says the same type, same type of thing. So here we're seeing strongly the Rambam, Magamishna, Ramban, Rimagash, not to get married on Friday. Now, looking in the Kairagniza, um, Shlemidov Goten, and later on Mordechai Akiva Friedman, where he worked on documenting all different aspects from Ksuvis that were found in the Kairagniza, it seems that Friday was not was definitely not a popular day to get married. Okay, so and this makes sense based on what we're saying. Um, Okay, now comes along Tysus and Ksuvis, and Tysus and Ksuvis says, uh, nearly the Mekomakam ain um you could get married uh, even on Friday, there's no Bezdan Kavuin, which relates to what the Mishnah talks about in Ksuvis. Now, Lamaisa, it's not only Tysus, numerous Makiris in Ashkenaz. Um, can be found, we can find that support this. I'm not going to give a long list, just a brief list. Keach, Marami Rutenberg, the Rush. Later on, the Maril, Maramints, and many more. Okay, so the, so it seems here we're we're seeing that something happened. It seems that the Chachmei Ashkenaz are more mekel, and they say even on Friday one could get married. What's more interesting is, is if you open up the Beis Yosef, the Beis Yosef, after bringing down the Rambam and the Magen Mishnah and the Rambam that we quoted, he says, "Achshav minik pashat that they get married on on Friday." And Beis Yosef, we know. You in general goes with the Rambam, Svardi, and etc. And this is how he passes in Shulchan Aruch, not only in Beis Yosef. Okay, so it's interesting um, um, what happened over here. That, that's part of the question. Now, just as a side point, is interesting comment Bichlal, is that Taisus in Ksuvis, and um, also on Taisus in Gimel Amad Aleph, talks about which days to get married. Besides for what we said in, in one Tesis where he says specifically that the Minig was in his day that they even got married on Friday, he talks about which days based on the Sugyas in the beginning of Suvis. And, and we know that the Gemara talks about specific days being a specific, a specific bracha. The, the Gemaras talk about um, based on the days of creation, which day it's better to get married, that there's a day of a special bracha. And so, says Tesis, but that's not enough to be kaveya that that day is the day that one should get um, get married. So now, says the Pnei Yeshua, in, while handling the sugi, he says, very interesting. Everyone's, uh, which we're going to discuss more in a different episode, but everyone is famous, uh, the Ramah already brings down, that they don't get married at the end of the month. Why not? Because it has to be with the, with the moon and brachas and simanim. But when the Gemara gives a Mayurdika bracha, which days to get married, that people are dismissing, even Tysus is dismissing, he doesn't understand what's going on. So Mir Tashem, um, that we'll get to um, uh, next in the next episode or one of the next episodes. Anyway, but the point is that we have Ashkenaz versus Svard, and then already we see the Beis Yosef is already going, that they in his time it sounds like they were getting married when on Friday.
Now, as interesting, Stam Yadia, one of these types of ideas, the Yalka Ruveni brings down from the Arizal that Yaakov and Leah, when were they married on Erev Shabbos? And we know of his Kimukola Tarakula, which is the fam- famous Makuda that many people like to talk about during, throughout Chomish Bereshis. And the truth is, Afrikasta Dania has all Arichos about this. Okay, fine. So now the Shaila is obviously what happened, what changed from the time of Chazal which sounds like it was after Wednesday and the Rambam and all these Yushayim, what happened that the Ashkenaz started to change, that they, that they allowed that one could get married even on Friday. So Lamashul Baruch HaShulchan, when he talks about this in Ebenezer, so he says that if you look in the Rambam, the, um, the Rambam is referring to is because the Chassan is tarred in the Suda. Something switched. Who's Isaac in the Suda? At least Baruch HaShulchan referring to in his time, it was more the Kala side. So once that happened, so it's not such a it's not such a makpada. Um, the of not getting married on Shab on Friday was linked to the chassans being tarred for some reason, and therefore when it when that changed, so everybody could change. But the question is when that changed. We it's not clear. Is there an exact time to pinpoint when it switched that the the kala side is more Isaac in the suda as opposed to the chassan side? Anyway, at the end, Arach Shalom says, and this we're going to get back to soon, that in the winter, you should be very careful not to do a chuppah on our Shabbos, because the days are short. But Lomaisa, people don't listen. Um, and we'll talk more about that soon. Now, another aspect in all this is, is, is with a sh- very short introduction, which we've mentioned in the past. In the times of Chazal, the marriage process consisted of many steps, which took place over me, over a long period of time. This you see throughout the Gemaras and Ksuvas and Kedushin. There was Erisin, and there was Nesuin, and there could be a long gap between. The Gemara deals with all kinds of issues related to this. Over time, different Minhagim developed for different reasons. For example, at one point in the times of the Ga'inim, the Erisin involved reciting a bracha in front of ten people and a Ksuva after which Nesuin took place much later. Eventually, this was done at the same time and the same day. Now, a valuable collection of primary sources from Ga'inim and the Rishayinim, that one could see all this literally organized through regions, through Rishayinim, through the centuries, is a, a work from Rabbi Avram Freiman, Seder Kedushim of Nesuin, fascinating work. One could, he brings down literally the whole, all the Rishayinim, and you see where each person was, when it happens, and you could probably figure out a lot of different inyanim with what happened with the Chasana. Now, with that introduction, we go to a work published for the first time from manuscript in 1910 called Maisa Gainim. It's an important early Ashkenazi work, which is compiled at the end of the 11th century, containing numerous chuvas from Chachme, early Chachamim of Ashkenaz. One of them was a Rav Nassan, who was a contemporary of Rashi, who lived in in Maine. He lived most of his life, and he div- and this sefer deals with all types of inyanim, halachas, and minhagim. And there's a lot to discuss about this sefer. Um, um, Dr. Chaim Salvechik talks a lot about it in his work called Collect in Volume Two of his Collected Essays. And there's a lot to talk about, but not for now. But the point that relates to us is as follows: There's a discussion over there. Seems they started making that the first part of the chasna, so to speak, was on Friday, and then the ksuva is written, and then the wedding meal took place when on Friday night, and then when did the ksuva take place? Right after Shabbos. So the ksuva was written on Friday. Then it was. Then there was this what will be called the chasna, the chasna suda, and then the signing of the suda took place. The, the signing of the suda took place after Shabbos. What's going on? Why did this happen? And why was it going on place on Friday? So this with Nas and Tainas, that's because of the poverty. Um, so and we, they wanted to have more people to be able to attend the chasna. And okay, now 
Similar, the Ravon in the beginning of Suva says a similar type of thing that it was to they did it on Friday because it was very expensive for Hasanas to make the, the expenses go down, so to speak. So this uh, Vram Freiman, who we just quoted earlier, suggests this poverty was probably related to the Crusades, which wiped out many German Jews and their communities. So Dafka in these early com- in these communities, they switched the meaning of what the day was when to get married, to have it on Shabbos, and then you could accomplish, I guess, uh, save on Shabbos Shevabrachas. Uh, again, in, in, in modern day um, times, people always complain about the co- the, the costs of Shabbos Shevabrachas. So here you have a way out. Okay, fine. Now. Also, we could see that the, the Minig seemed to have at some point in time in Ashkenaz, really, in early Ashkenaz, also really take place on Fridays. Is that there's a different, um, there's a there's a Minig known as, there's a Chupas Main, it's called, which also we're going to discuss a little bit more in an upcoming episode. But basically, is that there's a Minig that on the day of the Chasana, there were two Chupas, not one. One took place early in the morning, and one took place later on in the day. Eventually, an elaborate ceremony developed for all these different chuppas, and Yekash Yidin do it, some even do it till today. Um, and Rabbi Yamin Hamburger, a famous of Mechol Meresh's Ashkenaz and Bnei Brak, um, I believe he did it for some of his kids, and he has Arichos Nifla in his famous work, Sharshim Minig Ashkenaz, all about every single aspect of the development of this Minig Chuppas Min. What's significant is that Lamashal, one of the earliest sources that we have for this in the Sefer Gematrius Rebuda Chassid, which was recently published in manuscript, but we have it in other sources that were not just printed in manuscript, that it began early Friday mornings. Now, at a certain point, they stopped making weddings on Friday. So they still had the Chuppas Main, but the earliest sources of Chuppas Main used to take place, this whole elaborate Simcha, which if you look even a few hundred years later in the 1600s, in, in Vermeer's Lamashal, all unbelievable amount of different minhagim and different things that he did for the Simchas Chasam Katla, all around this Chuppah and before and afterwards. It's Lamashal detailed in the famous work um, recently published, Reb Yispa Shamash of Worms, um, who deals with it. But he says that when they when did they do this Chuppas Main, this Yakiyid, it switched back to Wednesday, which was the Iker Takano. Now, so what I'm trying to show is that at some point in Ashkenaz, it's clear it was it was it was um, even from this Chuppas Main, it was on Friday. It's Friday mornings already when it start the whole process started, but eventually it goes back. Now, what happens that it goes back and forth? We're not sure. But Lamashal, the Talmud of the Taz, the Nachal Shiva writes about Germany where they, they used to make the Suda in the middle of the week so that more guests would be able to come. Where in Poland, where, where everyone was conscious, where everyone lived together, much more close together, and it wasn't so much that you had to invite people from other cities, so then the weddings took place on Friday. So, okay. So we, what, what's interesting is he's giving... Edus, this Nachal Shiva, we actually spoke about him in one of the episodes on Gittin. He's the classic work for all aspects of Hilcha Shtaris, um, had to write a, a, a Shtark Suva and everything. So right over there, he talks about, in the beginning of his Sefer, Nachal Shiva. So here we see what the specific meaning for Germany was in his time, that the Takas went back to the original Takana, Wednesday, whereas in Poland, they did it on Friday. And when is this work published? In 1667. Okay, now. Interestingly enough, just now to mention an uh, interesting Nakuda, over here is like this. An, import, an important chasna took place in 1701. And this was of the daughter of Rav David Oppenheim, who was the uh, tremendous Rav 
famous person at the time. We've actually spoken about him various times in episodes because he's famous for having one of the most incredible all-time Sfarim collections, which still exists out of you. So now, in honor of the wedding that took place between his daughter and a very, who he was a wealthy person, besides her being a Chashavarav, with another very Chashav, a wealthy family, they put, they, they wanted to, um, there was an old custom called the Breiflet Minig, and they wanted to redo this minig, this old Ashkenazi minig. They wanted to, it, it stopped, it, was, it wasn't done in their times. So they wanted to revive it. So what they did was, they published a five-page booklet with all the hanhagas of this minig, um, with its 13 um, sections of the halach, so to speak, the halachas in depth again of all the aspects of the simcha that took place. Unbelievable simcha that they that they did, all elaborate affair with the chasana, the chuppah, and everything. Now, when does this chasana take place? And this is the, it seems the original minig also was, again, on Friday. So this is an old Yekisha minig, similar to what we mentioned, the chuppah's mind. So this called the, the, the breiflet minig. And so now, so they published um, everything by Rabbi David Oppenheim revolved around Svarim. He published a five-page booklet, which only one copy survived. And from there, um, a bunch of years ago, someone published it. And in 2001, um, Yitzhak Zimmer made a, Professor Yitzhak Zimmer, also a very big expert of Yekesha Menhagim. So he published for a chasana, a tfustzilum of this five-page booklet, but then he added on um, like 60, 70 notes discussing all the different things that's in these minhagim. One of them, one or two of them, we're going to mention soon. But the point is, again, here we see a chasana taking place when erev Shabbos. Now, what what it says is like this: it says that for forty years, it says in the introduction, it, was, it seems it stopped that that the the um, the chasana wasn't done erev Shabbos. Mean to say. If you go back um, a few minutes ago, I said the Rav Yusfa Shemesh of Worms, he says that what happened, the Minig went back to Wednesday. And so too, from as far as 1667, the Nachashiva Shiva also tells us that the Yaki Yidin did it on Wednesday. But the, the Minig of Breiflut, done according to the real way it's supposed to be done, is Erev Shabbos. And that's what was done in this chasana that took place on 1701. So basically is from 1667 until 1701, it, di- it didn't. And they wanted Kilu to bring it back that the, to the what they call the original Yaki Minig of having the chasana being done on Air shops. Anyway, okay, the, now this booklet, uh, besides for Zimmer's comments, there's a lady, uh, Dvorah Kaplan, who also devoted a whole barichos based on all different menhagim that you could go uh, go down in many rabbit holes in the different menhagim of Hassan that come out from this thing, but we'll discuss about one or two of them soon. Now, Lamaisa, what happened on Erev Shabbos? Did, did Yidin get married Erev Shabbos? So Lamashal, just to list very, very fast, the truest master Spinyamin, Talmud of the Ramah, dies in 1619. He talks about it. It sounds like they definitely made Hasanus when on Erev Shabbos. Um, the Kesak who's an Izmir, he also talks about it, and his work, he dies in 1673. He first that his the custom of his time was definitely getting married Arab Shabbos. He's more Svardi, which we already said is not so problematic, because the Beis Yosef also brings down that the Minig in his time was already switching to Friday. The Magan Avram says the same thing about Poland, um, and we'll get back to that shortly. In Italy, a little earlier, let's say 1616, we have from 
a, a book written by Yudari Medina that that he wrote in English actually, and he um, also in Italian for the Goyim. It talks about the Chassan. It sounds like it was either Wednesday or Friday. But he himself, from his autobiography, we see he got married on Friday. The Chida talking in his travels is going a little later. In, uh, the Chida, which we spoke a bunch of times about his travels, he talks about it and says, he talks about a chasana about Italy. There was a whole tragedy over there and was referring to two weddings that took place when on Erev Shabbos, a building collapsed and many people died. Okay, fine. So in the same time as the Chida is the Markevis Mishnah, and the Markevis Mishnah also um, writes in his work, um, Shulchan Shitim, that peop- the Minig in his city this is, I guess you could call it Galicia, was also to get married every Shabbos. Fast forward, one other Maramakam about this, and we'll go further, is the Litvish Again, Daderes, in his autobiography, when he talks about the wedding of his son-in-law and daughter, Rev Cook, it took place when? On Friday in L1884. Then he talks about another chasana that also took place Erev Shabbos. So we see in the Litvisha world, if we're getting much later to the 1880s, it was done. And then the Munkacher, we also have to bring Hasidim. He writes a various Talmud and the Baal Shem Tov, married off their children specifically on Erev Shabbos. So what we're seeing is, it's a minig getting married Erev Shabbos. Okay, fine. Now, um, again, we could list we could count, we could list on um, endless amount of Makairis, but also we find this in, mem- in, in literature of memoirs of different people from 1865, and, and others, we're not going to go through all of them. But the point is, you can definitely find sources about it. So now the Shiloh is, what's the possible reason why one should not get married on Friday? So now, if one looks, there's a we have Takanis of all, we, we discussed this in the past a little bit, the Vad Harabanim of Lita, Lamashal, in 1761, said, no one should get married on Friday. Why not? What, what could be the possible reason? So now, we open up our Shulchan Aruch. Archaim Shin Lamates Sif Dalit. And it talks about um, getting married on Shabbos. Then it, it says over there, the Ramah says, um, what about getting married on Shabbos? On Shabbos. And it's not our Shabbos. The Ramah says, um, Yesh Matir Lekadish, Hechidein Lo Yishu Banim, based on Rabbeinu Tam, the Efshadu Adin Hachnisa Lechupashari, the Afagad Lekaimel Anachi. But he says like this, If someone was never married before, one could get married even on Shabbos. Why? Because it's God will cover Abrius. Now, what's going on? What, why does the Ramah say this? What's going on? So the Ramah, all of a sudden, you read another two lines. You'll see the Ramah adds in a few pieces of information. He says, What happens like this? They start to make the chasana Erev Shabbos. And then there was a fight. Money. Chasana is a tali in money. And um, basically, the two sides uh, didn't see eye to eye. So, and it happens sometimes. This is a Rishasat Chak situation, and he throws in Galu Kavar Abriyas, says Ramah, Be careful not to get yourself into such a situation, but if you do, um, you could get married even on Shabbos. I mean, to say Be'etz and the halacha is based on the Sugis and Be'a that you should not get married on Shabbos. It's Asr for various reasons. But the point is, Ramah says he goes so far that even on Shabbos one could get married. Now, it's something strange. You look at this Ramah. What's going on? Why does Ramah... First of all, in general, um, people claim that this is like a very... Ramah talking a lot, so to speak. You don't really find the Ramah talking so much. Is it, Maybe there's something going on over here that it's alluding to something that happened. So if you look, 
um, there's a work that not so many people are aware of even exists, but there's, besides the, the Magen Avram, besides her writing the actual Magen Avram, he has something called the Gilyoinus of the Magen Avram, which is on the side of the Shulchan Aruch, and in many Shulchan Aruch they don't even have it anymore, but in Mechon Yishlaim they do. He, st- he had Mar Um So over here he writes, Ayin Chuvas Rama Simen Kuf Chaf Hei. Okay, what happens? If you look in there, you'll see a fascinating story, and this sheds light on this whole Ramah. Basically, what happens is like this. Everyone thinks that if the, if the let's say, uh, Gadol A lived today, and he would be around, and he would give his psakim, everyone would, would go according to him, and they wouldn't have any problems. And the answer is, no. There was always Machleks and Klal Yisrael, and even when the Ramah, the great Ramah, who all of Halacha is based on him for the past few hundred years, there were problems in his big city in Krakow. What happened was, there was a Maisa, and he writes this Barichos. Basically, um, he was in Msada Kedushin. It was Friday night, and it was a whole story with a, she was a, she was a uh, Yusayma, and there was a whole fight with the Nadunya, with the, with the dowry, and everything, and basically the Chassan was about to push off, was about to stop the Chassan and not get married to her, and never get married to her. And it was, and it was getting dark and dark and dark. And the Maisa, somehow, they arranged and it got, um, everything was Shalom, when, but it was already Shabbos. So the Ramah felt like this. She's a Yisayma, Busha. The probability of this happening, Matzah Shabbos Sunday, getting them together again, is going to be zero. He has to let this person mar- get married. Now, the Ramah went ahead and he's Masada Kedushin, and he let the um, person get married. It's given like Yehudim the tumbling and crack out. It seems this sack was attacked. The Ramah writes, you could see even from the tshuva, again, depending on how dramatic the speaker who's saying over this tshuva can make it more dramatic. I'm not a dramatic person, so I can't make it, I'm not going to make it as dramatic. But if you look at the tshuva's Ramah, you'll see there's a, something going on over here. A Talmud of his was an eyewitness account of it. We have Maram Tikton, he talks about it, he was there. And the point is that there was a fight because of money in this um in Krakow, and the Ramah Paskin that you could get married on Shabbos, but the point was, when did the chas- when was it supposed to happen? Er Shabbos. Now the Ramah, interestingly enough, says in the middle of this tshuva that there, it was a keseder. The chasmus happened all the time on Krakow, and it was Er Shabbos. But something happened. Some, I guess, maybe some rabble rouser decided to go after the Ramah for this. And the point was, the Ramah had to write a massive tshuva to explain, to defend himself, what was his psaq based on. A lot of times when you learn Ramah, you don't know where he's coming from here. You're we have a few-page tshuva, fascinating tshuva where the Ramah goes through the sugyas, seven different sug- reasons behind his psaq. And you could see how the Ramah learns, how he worked through a sugya, all different things. It's a fascinating tshuva. The Marshal Ted Fram in his book, um, Ideals Face Reality, Jewish Life, Jewish law and life in Poland, 1550 to 1655. He deals, with, he has pages on this Ramah, but there's tons to speak about in the Ramah and Bechlal, the Ramah's method from just even from this tshuva, Al The point is, he says, it was very common that five or six chuppas in Krakow used to take place on Fridays. So, but kids are okay, and no one complained and went even to Shabbos. Okay, Adkan um, with the Ramah. We'll get back to Ramah in a minute. Now, the Marshal in Italy in 1668. There's a manuscript. Uh, this guy Weinstein puts a book about all the Minhagim of Italy, um, and we see the same type of thing. A fight broke out. It was an Arab Shabbos. It was Arab Shabbos Chasana. Fight about the money. Blah blah blah. And the end, they get married. But they get married very close to Shabbos. Okay, so you see, it was common. Now that could be. Th- this could be the reason why people were opposed to getting married 
for, um, uh, for Friday weddings. Okay. Lamaisa, we see much later on, this Teichemed writes that he had to make a takana against Friday weddings because it caused Chilo Shabbos. We find Rabbanim making this takana in the, the, the Chuvis Marchi Leiv um, in, in 1930. There were Rabbanim made such a takana. Okay, now, interestingly enough, there's a famous historian slash Rav who we spoke about one of the first episodes I ever said over here for all daf was Rev Dembitzer, his name was, author of the Klilis Yaifi. So he was a Dayan, and he's also a historian, an expert of of Krakow. He writes that after this, that he writes that after a certain incident, a takana was passed against performing weddings on Fridays. That's what he says. Now he had manuscripts of Pinkasim of Krakow and this type of stuff, which we don't have today. So it's possible it was there. Lamaisa the does not say where he got it from, but he says he brings down this Ramah, he brings down the Ramah and the Chuvis, and then he says that a takana was made. Not to get in Krakow, Shaloi Lasa Shum Chupa Be'er Shabbos. He says the Archashulchan the Tikkun Yafahu Yekamakal Kulam Yeshali Dezel Bam Lechul Shabbos Ufrapi Me'achayrif, which I said he already says in Evan Ezer. Sheyam Ktsarim Uchomak Efshel Hanikain Tsarim Meruba Min Hashemayim Akubanim Gam Kishi Efshel Hanikain Achiv Akol Yerelihim There is Lahagdim Machupa Akol Mash Efshel. Okay, Lamaisa the Mishnah Brura also says you should try to avoid getting um Chupa Erev Shabbos. Also fine. Interestingly, in the Shulchan Ezer, he also brings down the Klilis Yefi Mefurish, that there was a Hakan in Krakow, not to do it because look what happened in times of Ramah. Now, interestingly enough, um, the Marshal, the Zetzavav, Repinchas Mechal, also a Yid we spoke about in the Shir Masechtis Nazir, in his Tzavah, he goes out of his way to say, be careful not to make Chasanus um, Erev Shabbos, especially in the short Shabbosim. We feel, find in a book, um, from Professor from Professor Finkelstein, Jewish self-government in the Middle Ages. He also publishes a manuscript um, in Corfu. They also made such takanas. And this, it seems, is because Chil Shabbos, as it gets closer to Shabbos, it's dangerous for Chil Shabbos. Now, interestingly enough, there's a Bach, a Bach in Chuvis, where he talks about Barichos, and he goes like this, Ramah. And it seems, the Chuva, it's clear, it seems that it was when he was a Rav in Krakow, and he's passing like the Ramah. So, what is Demeter is talking about that the Takana was made because of this Ramah story? If we have that the Bach was much later than the is a good is a nice amount of years past the Ramah, and he seems to be going with the Psak the Ramah in Krakow. Okay, Lamaisa, interestingly enough, the Buchacharov writes that something once happened to him, a similar type of thing on Friday, and the and the wedding got delayed, and he relied on this Chuvas Ramah, and he performed the wedding. The Munkacher was very upset at the printers who published the Buchacher Svarim. Uh, uh, who published this sack of the Buchacher, he held it, you should not publish it for, for the Hamoina. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, when you go through all the different Takana books, which I'm not going to list all of them out here, but basically there were, it seems there were Chasanas even on Shabbos. Um, okay. And all different places and all different years in, in Vlitta, Galicia, and, and France, but we're not going to list them all out. It's a little too boring. Okay. Now, but um, interestingly enough, just a few last points to this to this topic, as, like this, the tour in Shin Lamed Ches writes that it's mutter to have a guy play klishir with the chuppas with by the chuppa, and well, this is a chuppa taking place erev Shabbos, and it's not a problem of Amir Lachem because Amir Lachem is a mitzvah. The ein simchas chasam v'kala beloi klishir. This is what the tour brings down from Rishonim in Simon Shin Laman Ches. Now, that's fat. So it's fascinating. But what what happens is like this: the Ramah paskins like this, as does the Marshal, 
as does m many other Paiskim. So what you see over here is that there was a min, and this, it seems clear, um, it's documented, I think Yitzhak Rifkin documents this a little bit in an article, Klizmarim, that basically Yidin had Goyim, at the, the Chasna used to take place when, Er Shabbos, and they had live music being played by Goyim. This is fascinating because this is something which sounds like very, uh, uh, very not, this sounds like something you, you would not um, think would happen today. I mean, say if someone said such a psak, you would say it's scandalous, but this is um, a minig that seems, as I said, the Ramah, the Marshal, the Maganavram, I believe, goes with this also. And the point is that there was such a psak. Now, going back to the countries I said from David Oppenheim, not only did they play music, um, Er Shabbos with the Chassan, they even did it. I said there's the whole this five page booklet enumerates all different aspects of Simcha that they did for this Chassanah. So, one of the things was they had a band of Goyim even during the day on his way to Shul. So, you see Mamish this tour going to, this tour out of safe. Now, the tour brings it down from Rishonim is only talking about by the Chuppah, which you could say is taking place Er Shabbos. So, maybe that maybe it's not clear if it's on Shabbos. But from David Oppenheim, it's clear when it took place, even on Shabbos. Now, just to extend this and um, uh, drop it further, recently a book came out, uh, a Travels of the Yid, Avram Levi, who um, he wrote it in Yiddish. His travels took place between 1790-1723. Anyway, in the travels, he's talking about Prague, the city of Prague, and Kabbalah Shabbos. He says, well, you know what they did with Kabbalah Shabbos? They played with live instruments. That's an incredible thing. Um, and we know that later on, years later, in the controversy with the uh, reform, this became a very hot, a very hot topic. When, if it's mutter to play with with organs and, and this type of stuff, with gayim, etc., um, etc., et we're not going to get into it. But the point was that we see from this tour that it was an accepted minig that they, the chuppah took place when erev Shabbos. And now he's going, he's adding even another thing that what. You could, were able to use a guy to play musical instruments at this chasana. Okay. Um, now, just to conclude with um, um, last three ideas, is as follows. Number one, it seems at one point in time, a minig came that we, um, there's a minig brought down. Rabbi Yaakov Emden says that um, he says the akala should not light candles after her chuppah with a bracha only on Erev Shabbos. So the question is, what's going on over here? Only Erev Shabbos, what, why would there be a tzad to make light candles after the chuppah um, during the week, if the chasana is during the week? Okay. Anyway, it turns out, Rabbi Shlomo Kluger says, it seems that a minig, that a minig came, a maratzistik, a minig evolved at a certain point in time, that women taka would light candles even during the week after the chuppah. Okay. Anyway, so um, um, Professor Sperber in his famous work, Minhagi Yisrael, suggests that maybe what happens is like this. Once the minute, this is a minig that got misplaced, so to speak. Once the minig became an Ashkenaz, that chasanas took place when Erev Shabbos, so when the first time is the Lady Lights is on Erev Shabbos, so then that's that's what the halacha is referring to, but certain. But then it went back. We, as we showed over here, especially some at some point, the, the minig went back to Wednesday. Certain and certain places it wasn't clear. So they, the amaratus is sometimes a minig evolves from not knowing where it came from. They 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 
means they were doing what was supposed to be done on a regular Friday. So they thought to do it even on a Wednesday. That was the mistake that ended up creeping into Minhagim um, of certain people, which Rosh Hashanah as I said, um, comes out against. And just uh, and the last two ideas is like this. The whole time I'm mentioning, um, is there any other sources about weddings on um, early, um, weddings on Friday? So Lamashal... I've I've claimed in the past that one sometimes one buys a book. I have this Kabbalah from different people. I heard this uh, Lamashal from Professor Shnei Zalman Lyman. One of the reasons why you buy books is something you have to be able to show it to people when you give when you have a shear. So recently came out a book, two fat volumes, and it's called The Art of the Ketubah, Marriage Contracts from the Library of JTS, Shalom Saber. So these two massive volumes with picture, illustrated ksuvas. And there's all different things one can learn from it. But Nagea, our discussion, two massive volumes, expensive. So that's why I have to make sure to have at least one use from it publicly. And that is, a lot of times, the Italian ksuvas, we see they're dated when? Erev Shabbos. So we see, like I already brought earlier, that there were chasanas on Erev Shabbos that took place even on Erev Shabbos. Uh, many times, especially in Italy, we have the dating took place on our shops, okay? And then um, that's one one um, you deal to end with. And then I said, part it seems it's interesting. What's one of the claims? What's the reason why this minig switches from? originally to be on Wednesday and then it jumps to Erev Shabbos and part of the reason suggested has to do with poor people and everything so it's interesting I didn't even I wasn't even really aware of this but it seems it's out of Yom it's a it's a it's a Hasidish Aminig which is they make before a Hasana they make a special Suda for the Aniyim so I so I was asked to look into this a few years ago and I looked into it and I see Taka there's a lot of interesting sources in memoir literature that before a chasna they would make a whole fancy suda dafka for the aniyim. You say at the chasna itself they didn't necessarily invite the aniyim, but beforehand in these little shtetlach they would make a whole thing for aniyim. Interesting, just one interesting marmakam about this, and we'll come to almost the conclusion is like this. The reason, obviously, is because tzedakah by B'Shasa Chasana is an important thing. Um, we, we know this already from uh, Gemara and Shabbos, the famous story where Rabbi Kiva's daughter was saved. Um, she was she was on the day of her wedding. She was going to die with a snake bite, and then he, she, he, she was still alive. And what happened was, she, it turns out, she gave tzedakah before. So we see tzedakah linking to the Chasana. There's already ready early Makairis. But and as I said, I was able to locate other makiras that they made these sudas. They made were makbel giving tzedakah. Okay, but this interesting idea is like this: In the early 1900s, an author who went by the pen name of Sholansky, he started collecting and cataloging hundreds of details about every aspect of Jewish life in Europe. He was planning on putting out a survey and then publishing it. And he this he had this survey in, in Yiddish, which consisted of 200 pages of questions that had in it 2,000. And 87 questions all about the Jewish life cycle. He never got to finish the project, but the question survived. And this was what he, and he began this, uh, and was going to show us a window of life before World War One. And Bekitzer, if you go through all these things, you could see all the from Hagen throughout the Jewish life cycle. So he talks about over here, in the wedding section of the survey, we find that his questions were as follows. Is the custom still widespread to serve a meal for the poor? How are the poor invited? Is the custom for the bride herself to serve the food at the table? What kind of food and drink are served? Do musicians play? Is it customary for the in-laws to dance with the poor people? Do people give gifts to the poor after the meal? Um, do people give them donations? Is there a difference between men, women, and children? Etc. Etc. The point is that this was a minig, so even even if the so um 
why I'm throwing this in is because the on one hand, the reason why it was shifted was for the, for the poverty. But at some point in time, when they were well off, there was a special suda, dafka for the haniyim. But, and then to conclude with this is, we know that a lot of times, throughout the generations, the chasnas got out of control with the fancy, not only today with the, whatever, takanas of weddings and stuff. This was a, a problem throughout the ages. This has been collected by Nachum Rakover in two massive volumes, a lot of the materials about it, the takanas that were made for all these types of things throughout the ages. But okay, that's uh, this. That's what we'll conclude with um, about this topic of weddings on Fridays and the chulah. Thank you. Amazing. I was thinking as you were speaking, perhaps people who are looking to make takanas for weddings um, would find it beneficial to start scheduling weddings on Fridays. Right. <laughs> this way, you have the Sudas chasana. You have the Shabbos Shavu brachas. It's all one. Mm-hmm. So there was so I I don't have it now, but someone did send me a few years ago. There was such a attempt of a of a movement in Eretz Yisrael to do such a thing. He sent me from the press about it, and it seems that Hasidim, certain Hasidises, they also do um, have such a thing. They did attempt to have such a thing. Okay, fascinating. Thank you. Would you like to share with us a book recommendation from your Mamad? <laughs> Okay, so I'll do a very, very brief safer. I think I didn't do it yet. <coughs> okay, it's called Divrei Chachamim. Um, looks like this. And it's from the Chai Adam. What does this mean? What's going on here? So sometimes you will, sometimes you find out about a manuscript, and then it could take years until the manuscript is actually published. So recently I'm reading the Maria from Mahon Yerushalayim and they say they made a discovery of a new manuscript that was written by the Chayyadim in his own handwriting. And they even bring a few pages from it. Okay, so I assume, just like if you're familiar enough with Maria, there's many projects that still, that 30 years ago they mentioned it's going to come out and sadly has still not come out. So I thought, okay, there's going to be one of those things that's going to take 30 years. Literally within a few months, the whole work comes out. And what is this work? Basically they found a notebook of the Chayyadim way before he gets to Vilna as a young man in his 20s, which where he wrote Tyra that he collected from all the different G'daylam, some it seems he heard from, and he has them, Alpi Mesechtas, Alpi Parshiyas, so you have a notebook of Tyra that he collected on all different things, on all different Mesechtas, he even has an index, Alpi the Parshiyas, of material, and it's written in the hand, um, written in the handwriting of the Chayyadam, so we can know that it's authentic. So it's an early window into the famous Chayyadam, who is more famous for his Tkufa in Vilna, where he's a Dain in Vilna, and eventually writes the famous Chayyadam, Chachmas Adam and other Svarim. So here, an unknown work, no one knew about this work, it was recently discovered and recently published. So for me, it was fascinating. Okay, thank you. And we've mentioned this. We'll just remind everybody that one of Rabbi Brutt's five, I don't have a better word, heroes, but people that he researches and has a tremendous chashivas for is the Chaya Adam. So this must be very special for him. Thank you very much, Rabbi Brutt, for delivering this presentation. Even though you are in Eretz Yisrael, times are uncertain, but this is what we do. This is what B'nai Yisrael does, Klal Yisrael does. We continue doing What's important, we continue with keeping in mind everything that's going on, davening and learning. We continue doing our Avodah Hashem. That should be a schus 
for everyone as we began. Thank you.